three, our final week of Who's Counting on You, and, and then that's the idea of as we head into the open house, like who's counting on you? Who's God going to put in your path? You know, the scripture says that some plant, some water. And so we all play different roles, but you have a role. There's no such thing as like, oh, I'm uninvolved. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, but I'll leave it to somebody else. That's not the case. There's no such thing. And so this idea of like, what if he's counting on me? What if she's counting on me? What if this? And, and it might be a season where maybe you just like plant a seed, you invite them, maybe they don't come, but later they think about it. I just want you to know this week as you go forward though, that there is no such thing as the sideline when it comes to your faith and your uh, relationship with God and what he's done in your life. And I want to say this before I get into my meat of it. Um, here's the deal. And I love the line that he's like, what if I say something wrong? What if I don't? Da, 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 da. Here's what I know. People have their speeches and they're ready to say this about what they believe about the Bible or what they believe about this or whatever, but what they can't argue, what they can't find a Facebook post about to disprove you this and that is your personal experience. So when you say, hey, this is what church means to me. This is what God has done for me. This is what I once was, but this is what I am now. There's no article to take that away. That's what God's done in your life. And so the, that, that's it. The scripture says we're all living epistles. Your story is the story. And so you talk about you know, what it means to you and what God's done in your life, and, and then that's what you go with. And so when you talk to people like, hey, this means so much to me that I want you to be a part of it, that I think you would enjoy it, that I think your kids would enjoy it. I think this, this, and this. And so go with that. Go with that. Who's counting on you? Who can you invite to the open house? And what's funny about the open house is it's, it's really ridiculous. The idea of open house is really dumb because every week we're an open house. <laughs> like every week we want people to come here. But just this idea of like, hey, we've made a day for you and for your friend to come here, hear what we're about, hear what God's doing. Why? Because we, we're receiving them is what we're doing. Too often churches are kicking people this, and you're not good enough this, and you're not good enough that. What we're trying to say is like, yes, come here. Not because we're all that and we've put it all together, but come here because we want you here. We accept you here. We appreciate you being a part of this. Somebody say amen. So go ahead and throw that slide up there, guys. We're, we started into this campaign, and on your seat is a... Uh, I'll take the graphic if you guys have it. The, um, the, we started a, a campaign here, 21 Days of Prayer. You have a wristband on your seat, and it uh, glows in the dark. And how many of you have had fun with the glow in the dark, right? It reminds you. Yeah, right? And um, if you have little kids, it may have been a little bit obnoxious for you, such as my life. Um, I think like four of her stuffed animals now wear a uh, collar that is a... And we have to charge them all at night before bed. And like, I hate this prayer campaign. No, I'm just kidding. But... Uh, but so, and it's like, she comes up into our room at night with these animals and they're all glowing. And I think aliens are kind of in our room. Like, but, uh, anyway, so we started this campaign, 21 days of prayer, and it will continue until next Sunday. And the idea here is this, here's your wristband. And we're praying together for 21 days. We're believing that God is going to send people, uh, next week that are going to connect. And finally, maybe for the first time, they're going to find a church home and they're going to find a place where they belong and they were created to exist. And, and they understand maybe for the first time what it is to be in fellowship with a, with a life-giving church that loves them and supports their family. And so we're believing and agreeing for that. And so we're praying. And so the idea is when you see your wristband, it reminds you to pray. Pray for that day. Pray for the people that you might be inviting. Pray for the people that you don't know that you might bump into to invite. And, uh, and then it glows at night. So that reminds you to pray. And then the other idea here is this chair. 
We said, how fun would it be if we attached our faith and our finances to something? And I'm not the Christian television guy that's like, if you sow $777, God will give you seven million seven. Like, I don't get into all that. But I do believe throughout Scripture, God has called and, and, and spoke to people uh, to make financial sacrifices in order to see their breakthrough and to see things. And so I'm not going to tell you, oh, if you buy a chair, God's going to give you the thing. But what I do believe is that God honors your faith and God honors your desire. And if you, and if we say, hey, I'm going to buy a chair, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put in money. Um, and, and as we buy new chairs, that person you're believing for is going to come and sit in that chair someday. May not be at the open house, but someday somebody you love and care about is going to come and sit in a chair. And so what we did was we took our one-for-one one campaign, which is our jar out in the hallway, and uh, usually we say, "What well, you know, let's all put a dollar in it every week, and then we'll give that money away to the community." And we've been doing that for several months. But this month, we said, "Hey, what if all of us bought one chair?" And it would get us all the chairs that we need to upgrade. And the, the win with these chairs, too, is they space better than these chairs so we can fit more people in here. And uh, so what you can do today, if you want to jump in on that, is uh, it's $30. So, you, of course, you can buy as many chairs as you want. Uh, but write the check um, if you want to write a check and, and get you know your tracking on that. Uh, but drop it off in our one-for-one one jar there. So buy a chair. Couples, it's $60. And obviously, if you just want one, it's $30. But, but don't just you know buy a chair. Believe for that chair that somebody you care about one day is going to sit in that thing and, and, and have their life changed. And so the other part of it is invite. And that's a huge part of it today is because it's our last Sunday. And so when we leave here, we need to leave here with as many of those little information cards that got our service times on them and stuff. We've got a stack of them in the hallway. Um, grab those cards because you don't know who you're going to bump into this week that you can say, oh, oh, you're just so happy to tell me that you're going through something rough. How about you come here? How about this? You know, and uh, so bring those cards with you. And I believe God will put people in your path to connect with, to bring here. And I want to say this about that day. Uh, that day, we're not doing anything spooky. We're not passing snakes. We're not doing anything. We have the idea in mind that it may be somebody's first time ever coming to church. It may be somebody's first experience with uh, a church or anything like this. And so uh, we're going to present things in a way that everyone can understand. And that's how Jesus did it. If you go through a lot of his teaching, he spoke to a farmer in farmer's terms, and he spoke to fishermen in fishermen terms. Why? Because if you don't understand it, what's the point of even talking about it, right? And, uh, and so we, that's what we're going to do that day is we're going to just say, hey, you know, we're not going to single anybody out and say, hey, we knew new people were going to be here. If you're new, stand up. And uh, it's going to be a great day for people to feel comfortable, hear about their church. The kids are going to have a great time. They have contests and giveaways and prizes. And I think every kid's getting like Red Bulls and cotton candy. And <laughs> it's going to be sweet for the kids. <laughs> Half of that part is true, actually, so um, it's going to be great, and the kids are going to bring all their friends. They have, little, they have little invites for their friends, too, so they're going into the school, and they're inviting their friends, and we just believe that God uh, is going to change families' lives and heal marriages and restore families, amen, amen? in our community, because that's what we're about, amen? So here's the deal. Before we jump into it, and this is the last week, and here's why I put it last, is because if we don't do this, everything else we talked about is no good. So, you know, we talked about uh, having a desire while we reach people. And then in the first week, we talked about how um, the scripture says that tomorrow is promised to no man. So we're called to reach people and, and, and go. It says that the, the laborers are few, but the harvest is plenty, meaning there's plenty out there uh, for God and for us to reach it. But the laborers are few. And so we talked about it's on us. 
to go reach people and have a desire for it. But here's the deal. None of that matters if we don't do this. And what I'm talking about today is the idea of praying, prayer. And I know I was like, oh, I, I know so much about prayer. I, I, uh, now I'm here for a sermon about prayer. Uh, but here's the deal. When surveyed by the Barna Research Group, the most neglected thing in the poll, when they polled people and said, hey, of all the spiritual or of all the things that, as a believer that you should be doing, so reading your word and worshiping and doing all these kinds of things, prayer actually ranked last. Of the most neglected thing that Christians do, prayer was the thing that came in last. It was the most neglected thing that people do, which is insane because prayer, obviously we'll talk about it here, but I mean, it's literally our communication to our creator. Everything that gets put into existence comes through our communication with God. Amen? And so uh, we have to be thinking about uh, prayer and what that means. And so uh, prayer in relationships, all of it goes together. God wants to be in relationship with you. And so here's the deal. I'll say this before we get into any kind of campaign, any kind of any of this stuff. It's important for you to know that God always works relationally. He always works relationally. He chooses people. He uses people. Uh, he always works through people. And so we can have great programs and we can have great music and we can have all this stuff lined up. But if we as the people don't connect and relate, then it's going to be no good. Your network or your connection to people is your net worth. Your, 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 your value, your relationship, your, your harvesting skills come through your connections. And uh, so we have to be out there connecting with people and relating to people. But I'll say it like this. You have to be conscious of how you're going about it because you heard me say last week, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's what we saw in the video. Don't hit people with a bunch of scriptures and all this kind of stuff. Just let people know that you care about them. Hey, you, you should come here because I care about you and I want you to experience what I've experienced. Amen? So we're talking about prayer. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Uh, and so I thought about it like this. We have to plant the seeds of prayer into this thing. We have to plant the seeds of prayer into this thing. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. And obviously, we've been in 21 days of prayer, and we've already seen great things happen in these days. Uh, but it's important for us to seed it in prayer. God talks about seed, and you've heard me actually give a sermon on it. But I want you to look at it this way. The scripture says this. It says, you know, given it shall be given. And it talks about planting seed. But here's the deal. If you don't plant seed, you don't have anything to look forward to. Right. Okay. <laughs> If you don't plant seed, you don't have anything to look forward to. You don't have a harvest coming. Uh, I've been rototilling and trying to smooth this area in the back of our, and I've done it like the cheap way. So I've been out there like hard work with a labor, with a, I should have brought in dirt and I should have just had them whatever, but I did it cheap with like an old rototiller and just like tried to level it myself and whatever. So anyway, it's been like this two month process. And so we finally planted grass seed in it. And, uh, and here's the deal. For me, in my mind, it was like, check, finally, I did the last thing. I planted the seed. I can expect a return. What's interesting in that thought is in my mind, I was like, okay, finally, the seed's going to come up, obviously, if I water it and whatever. But then I thought about, I was reminded of the scripture when Jesus said about how we give. He said, test me in this. Test me in our giving. He said, you know, he said, basically, tithe, give of your resources and test me and see. What he's saying here is like when you give, when you seed it, when you sow it, you can literally bank on it. Like, hey, take it. You know that that harvest is going to come because you planted it. Test me in it because it's going to come because you planted it and it's going to come. You guys awake this morning? <laughs> There's a lot of us that live in this way. We don't plant 
And then we're still saying, God, where are you? Where is the, I'm expecting your provision, but I'm not faithful in my seating. Where is it? But God's saying, be faithful in your seating, and then you can expect it to be there. Oh, you don't believe me? Test me, is what he's saying. Because when you plant it, you'll see it. Somebody say amen. So it's the same thing in our prayer. We got to plant it in our prayer. We have to plant our prayer on this uh, thing. Otherwise, forget all the other stuff we talked about. There's no harvest for us. We don't have any seed in the ground. So we got to be praying. Amen. And so communication is important. It's huge with God. We talked about how uh, in war, the first thing they try to take out is communication. So what's the enemy going to try to get you to stop doing? Communicating with God and praying. We got to be people who pray. And then the problem with it too is too often, you know, we just go to church and that's enough and we don't pray to God or we just go to this one thing and we don't. And that would be like you being in a marriage and just doing the chores never hanging out, never communicating, never actually having a relationship. You're just going through the motion of things, right? And so in our life, open up the relationship with God. Don't just go through the routines. And I'm not calling a church routine or Bible study routine. I'm not saying that 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 stuff's powerful. It's important. But without relationship, without communication with God, without being able to verbalize your passions and your feelings and what you, that's why when we sing, it's not just to sing songs. You're praying your songs out. You're saying, oh, you're beautiful, God, you're one. And we say, I'm going to lift my hands and sing. Well, you're praying out how you feel about God. That's relational, amen? And so you can't let your relationship with God just be the routines. You got to let it, you got to get into a place where it's relationship. We talked about in Mark 11, 24, it says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall see them. So it's impossible for you to have prayer without desire. You have to desire what you're praying about. So you got to ask God, God, what, what in my life, uh, you know, that I need to be passionate about or in, uh, up my passion or up my desire because what you attach your desire to when you pray is how God moves. Second Chronicles, I'm going to hit you fast now, sort of a machine gun on prayer, and then we'll jump out of here. Second Chronicles 7.14. This is all good stuff to write down and look at later. Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin in the key part, and I will heal their land. And I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, the wicked way here is just the ways of the world. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek me and turn from just the ways of this carnal world, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You want to know how our land is going to be healed? You want to know how our country is going to be healed? When we get some humble people, okay, that pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. So our leaders need to be humble. They need to be people who seek God and they need to be prayer people. If we're putting anybody in in, in authority that's a very unhumble person, probably wouldn't get my vote if you're picking up what I'm laying down. (laughs) Humility is what's going to heal our land. Humility, seeking God and praying is going to be what heals this country. Not just because you pop off at the mouth. Somebody say amen. Amen. James 5.13 alludes to, if anyone among you is in trouble, let him pray. Notice about the scripture that it says, when you're in trouble, let who pray? You pray. We don't go to the Pope. We don't go to the pastor. We don't go to the thing. Who is in position to pray? We are. 
If you have things in your life that need to be set straight, what do you do? You get to pray. Why? Because God desires the relationship with you. He doesn't want you to go to a booth or a thing or a whatever. He wants to be in communication with you. So whatever our desires, whatever our troubles, whatever our things, we get to be the one who takes up prayer. Amen? God's plan for restoration of this country and of our lives comes through humility, prayer, and seeking him. Our sins will be forgiven. He'll heal our lands. He'll heal our homes. So about this open house, about our things, we need to be people who humbly pray, seek God, and we'll see restoration in our communities. Amen? Matthew 6, 5 talks about how to pray. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What it's saying there is their passion was just to be seen, not to really care about what they're praying about. Because if they cared about what they were praying about, they'd actually get off their box and go do it. Somebody say amen. You guys awake this morning? You doing all right? (laughs) So their reward was just being seen. We got to be a people who's like, hey, I have a passion about this, whether I'm seen or whether I'm not seen. I, I, I care about this in my private place. I care about this in a place that it lives in my heart. It just doesn't live on display. Amen? So we don't have to impress men to get God's attention. I think a lot of time religiously, we just think, if I can say all the right things in front of all the right people, then God's going to be pleased with me. In your prayer life, you don't have to say all the right things in front of all the right people to get God's attention. Verse 6 talks about this. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. God wants your prayer time to be about you and him. I love this. Private prayer produces public reward. And we get so caught up on, if I just go to the church to do it, if I just go to this thing to pray, if I just go to that thing to pray. But he's very clear about your private prayer does produce public reward. It's seen by God. It's noticed. It. It's noticed. We get, we get all caught up in like, unless it's in this thing or at this thing or whatever, then it's not going to be accomplished. No, God is paying attention to your heart's desire. Amen? Yeah. So pray through it. Pray what is on your heart. Verse 7, it says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8, Therefore don't be like them, for the Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. My daughter's almost three. She'll be three in December, and she's at the place in her vocabulary that she's starting to say more. She's trying to use bigger words and put together bigger sentences. But there's times that I I see that she's trying to calculate a big conversation, but she can't put it all together, but I know what she's saying. So she'll come to me, and she wants a drink, but it's got to be this specific drink or whatever, and I know what she's starting to put together. And some of you that have little ones, you know what I'm talking about. And so she'll comment and she said, um, her favorite right now is, what is it again? Like she's, you know, she's trying to think of it or whatever. But I know as the father, I can already tell what she's coming to try to get and what she's trying to put together. So why would I stop her? You better say it right. You know, I noticed that you didn't put in enough, thus saith the did the did, right? I need the King James version, Caroline. No, my heart's desire for my daughter is to get her what's in her heart or her tummy, a drink or whatever. 
So we get all caught up in like, oh, we, we got to come at it this way and we got to do that. And listen, I think it's important for you to have a prayer place and a time that you carve out to do specific. I think it is important for you to, to have a little bit of routine to some of that stuff. But don't get caught up in that and think that God only hears you there. He knows what you already is in your heart. He knows and sees. Just come at him and pray. Don't get caught up in vain repetition. Go to him and have a conversation with him as your heavenly father because he already knows. Amen? Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So part of it is you do have to pursue. You do have to pursue God. You have to, you have to go at it. You got to come and you got to, you, you know, you got to be passionate about it as we talked about. This is huge for me. This is absolutely incredible. If, if, if you take a takeaway today, take this. James 4.1 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? Verse two, you lust and you do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Could it be that all of the mess that we get in is just simply because we're not a prayer people? All of this other, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that and all of this other stuff that we get into because we got to try to get it on our own instead of like praying through it and just trusting God for it. It says you have not because you ask not. And the result of not asking is a whole other mess that you try to make on your own. I want to be a people who don't try to make it all on my own. I just go to God and ask for it because I know he desires to give good gifts. Amen. So we got to pray with confidence. First John five fourteen says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So we pray according to the ways of God in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. So our prayer should be things that bring glory unto God, right? I mean, we, we, we don't pray things that are selfish and, and evil. We, we pray things like, God, I want to be put in a lane that I win in this and you get glory in this. When you run in that lane with God, both those things happen, Amen. So we need to know the will of God. Ephesians 5.17 says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So when you pray, you got to know what the will of the Lord is. Well, how do you know what the will of the Lord is? It's easy. God left us his will. It's his word. If I were to pass away and leave you a will, like, hey, here's my will or my words to you. Here's what I want you to know. I would leave you a will. Well, God's will is in his words. It's in his words, the Bible that he left to us. Jeremiah 1.2 says, Then Jehovah said to me, you have well seen, for I watch over my word to perform it. You have God who created everything. I'll close with this. You have God who created everything, literally up in heaven saying, hey, I hope they take me up on that that I left for them. Hey, I gave him my word and I told him, if you give, you'll receive. Hey, I told him it's better to give than receive. Hey, I told him that we should be a people who, who don't neglect those that are around us. If you have the opportunity, as we talked about the last couple of weeks, if you have it and you can give it, be someone who gives it. And so he's up there just watching over his word to be like, yeah, I hope they take me up on that. I hope they take me up on that. I hope they take me up on that. You have God who created everything, essentially just waiting to go for you. But we don't ask. It's the least ranked thing that we do. What? Why aren't we taking them up on this kind of stuff? We got to be a people who pray. We have a responsibility to pray. First Timothy 2.1. It says, I urge you, I urge you, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings 
and for all those who that are in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. How do we get to a place where we live in peace and godliness and holiness? We pray for people. We don't criticize people. We pray for people. We don't criticize people. We pray for people. And then you'll live in peace and godliness and holiness. What do we want about our communities? We want peace and we want godliness and we want holiness. How do we get there? We pray and we intercede and we, we continue in that path for our community. Our responsibility is to pray the price. We need to be a people that before we take a step or do anything, we've already paid for it by praying the price. Amen? I've heard it said that prayer, you can do all the things in the natural and put all the things in order, but prayer is the roof that protects everything. You can make plans and you can have, but prayers is the covering. I love this. Mark Batterson says this, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, then they are insulting to God. Why? Because we have a God who's up in heaven waiting to perform waiting to move on your behalf and watch over his word and make it happen in your life. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. The greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. I hope it's not said about our lives that we didn't ask, that maybe the transcript of your life in five years is lacking God because you didn't pray, you didn't invite him, you didn't relate to him in your prayers. Amen? I'm going to do this. I'm going to have us all bow our heads and close our eyes in our seats. And I want to finish today by us as a church really praying into next week. Because next week, again, it's more than an event. It's more than um, like marketing or a little campaign or whatever. It's us doing what we talked about here. It's us seeking God humbly to restore and heal our land and heal our communities and heal homes. It's us saying, God, we want to live in a way that what we do is your will and through it, it brings glory unto you. We want to bring glory unto God and where we're at. And so maybe you've already bought a chair or maybe you're thinking of somebody that you're going to invite next week. Be thinking of that person as we pray. Because I believe, as the scripture says, where two or three or more are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst of us. And he hears these prayers and I believe he responds. He's up in heaven waiting to, to move on our behalf. And so let's pray into next week. But just know next week, let's keep our eyes open. Let's be looking for the people that we can connect with and invite here because life change is just the most beautiful thing that you could be a part of. Seeing people restored and called and, and healed unto God. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, we know if we don't pray the price, then it's all in vain. God, we want our invite cards. We want our words. We want our Facebook invites. We want our Facebook shares, everything that we do to connect and reach people. God, we want that to be covered in prayer. We want it to be orchestrated by you. We want it to be covered by you. God, we just ask right now as a church 
that next week be a place of salvation. That next week be a place of healing and restoration. That next week be a place of fear broken off lives. God, I thank you for first time encounters with you, whether it be through children's ministry or whether it be through this room, whether it be through our hallways or our coffee or whatever it be, God, we want your love and your passion to be on everything that we do. God, we don't want it about us. We don't want it about our agendas. Lord, we know that your word says that your perfect love cast out all fear. We want this place to be fearless because it's full of your love. God, this week, give us boldness and passion and desire to pray and to reach people and to invite. God, we thank you that, that every seed that was sown, Lord, is going to produce good fruit. God, we want to be a people who humbly seek you, who pray, and who have a desire to see our land healed and restored. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen.